so our 40th anniversary, I, I, um, it's hard to, to believe, you know, and, and uh, in 40, as I was looking at f- the significance of that day, 40 in the Bible holds a lot of significance. Um, you know that there's the 40 days and 40 years that often accompanies something significant, points of growth that happen after times of testing. Um, you might remember Jesus, he spent 40 days um, being tested. You know that the children of Israel, following their captivity in Egypt, spent 40 years wandering in the desert. Um, and in, during that time of wandering, they learned God's faithfulness, which was intended to launch them into their promised land, um, continuing on in the will and the ways of God. And so we, we know that this is a, a significant day to recall and to remember. And, um, and in that, I, I wanted to invite Phyllis to come. We're going to interview you, Phyllis. And, and come, come on up. We want you to just come and make yourself at home. As they're getting um, things sorted out, for those of you that don't know Phyllis Weiss, Phyllis' husband, Noel Weiss, um, went home to be with Jesus in 1991, mm-hmm. and, um, and he was the founder of Zion Christian Center. And some of you um, might not know Zion Christian Center is that you, you come since we, we, you know, you've come to know the church as Bridge Community Church. That was our founding name. That was our, our name for many years, and it's still our name as we have, um, has, have, we have it recorded. So this is the connection that we have. And, um, and so, Phyllis, I, I wanted to um, put ourselves back in the context of 1984. So okay. before I ask you a bunch of questions, sure. um, I was thinking about 1984. And um, those were good years for me. Uh, I was 10. Yes. And I was in the fourth grade at uh-huh. Westminster Christian School. Yep. And um, I remember I had, I had been 10 for just a couple months at that point. Uh-huh. But, but I, I was looking at, like, what was happening in, in the culture at that moment, right? And mm-hmm. I'm going to put it up on the screen. This was the number one TV show in January of 1984. <laughs> Does anyone remember that show? Night Court. Some of you are like, yeah, nope, wasn't even born yet. Just bear <laughs> with us. Um, Night Court was the show that was the most popular. Um, there was a, kind of a conspiracy, or a, like, you know, difficult thing going on because some people had what was called a VCR. And, um, <laughs> and what they were doing with that VCR was they were recording television shows and then watching them later. And this became such an issue in our culture that the Supreme Court had a ruling in January of 1984 saying that it was not a copyright infringement to record for personal use um, your television show to then watch later. So it brought us a lot of relief in our households that we weren't breaking the law when we were recording (laughs) Night Court and then watching it on a different day. So that was something that was going on. Um, Hulk Hogan uh, won the World Wrestling Federation uh, championship. He defeated the Iron Sheik, and um, that was in January. That was a big deal. Um, Apple Computer, they came up with this thing called the personal computer. <laughs> hey, this was all happening right around January of 1984. It was a pretty, um, pretty moving moment. And um, 
And then during, during that time as well, um, the Lord put on your husband's heart to start a church. Amen. So one of the ways that I wanted to introduce you, Phyllis, is as an influencer. Because um, uh, your YouTube podcast is our most watched podcast. It's almost 900 views. So uh, we're going to do this little clip of you um, just talking about... <laughs> Um, you talking about that moment when the Lord put on um, Pastor Noel's heart to start um, Zion Christian Center. So here we go. It's just a minute long. And Noel was, uh, had gone across the country with another uh, pastor that was from Melody Lancer. They were just doing evangelistic work and just ministering across the country. And they were gone for a few weeks. And everywhere Noel went, the Lord spoke to him through these other pastors he said, no, you know what? God didn't call you to be an evangelist. He called you to be a pastor. You need to go back to California and shepherd those people that, that are, are hurting. They're, they, they've left. They're all over the place. They need, they need a shepherd. Yeah. And you need to be their shepherd. And he, God spoke so clearly through this trip that the, the, the pastor he was with, uh, Cecil Pumphrey, some would remember, said, no, just go. go. Go back home. That's what you're supposed to do go back home. And so um, he called me up and he said, um, you know, I, 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 God's just, just really speaking to me on this trip, honey. We need, a, we're, I, I, we need to start a church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was interesting as I was thinking back about what that must have been like for you and then what was happening in Orange County at yeah. that time. And in 1984, um, church attendance was at like, or church membership was at like 72% nationally, 72%. Um, today it's at the low to mid 40s. That's just kind of give you an idea of the differences in culture. Um, politically, it was, the 80s was a time where the term moral majority came to um, came as a, as a term. There's this um, slide that we have about a bumper sticker that was on like literally every car in oh, every yeah. church parking lot in the 1980s. Do you guys have that? It's um, maybe we don't, but it was a it was a bumper sticker that said Reagan and Bush, Bush. right? Yeah. And that that sticker, I, I saw it again, like no, that one, everywhere. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Somebody needs to bring it back as like a T-shirt or something uh-huh. or retro. <laughs> My son said he wanted to put it on his Forerunner, but. Um, but I say all that to say that, that what, what seemed to be happening in that moment was the church was, was winning. It felt like it was yeah. winning culturally. Uh, it was after the, some years after this outpouring of God's spirit, um, which many of us saw the film, The Jesus Revolution. Um, there were many large churches in Orange County, Calvary Chapel. There was um, uh, Melody Land Christian Center, which was like an early mega church. There was Crystal Cathedral right down the street. Um, I was reading that there was a young pastor who had just come into Mission Viejo from Texas looking to start a church in a, in a, um, a condominium called Saddleback. I don't know oh. if you ever heard about it. <laughs> yeah. But this was all right around 1984. Right. And I, 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 Calvary Chapel Vineyard, all these big churches. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that seemed to be happening was there was some, even some growing pains within these churches that got really big. And then churches came from churches. And it almost could seem like, a oh, there was a church split here or a church split there. But what you realize is there was groupings of people who outgrew what was happening in one denomination or movement and went on to another. And then there was some 
uh, uncomfortable things. Mm-hmm. I know that um, the, the large church that Pastor Noel was a part of, Meldyland, had some issues with leadership that were um, just too much. At a certain point, Noel had to say, I, I've got to step away. There was some integrity right. issues with the pastor. And so that's the setting that we, we right. come to, to start, um, or that, they, that you guys started, Zion Christian Center. So all that buildup and backup and context to just ask you, what was going on in your world and in your mm-hmm. life in 1984? Well, the, the big thing that was going on was my oldest son was getting married. And, of course, even though I was the mother of the groom, you know, you're still involved. So I wasn't thinking of starting a church. We had just left a church of, you know, what, what's next for us, you know? And when my husband said he wants to be an evangelist, so okay, you be an evangelist <laughs> by faith. And that's what we did. Is this too loud? Because I talk so loud. Well, one thing that was going on in my mind, I was young. I was almost 47. So, and I walked up these steps with heels on. I walked up easily. I didn't need help. <laughs> so that was one of the big things going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, but, but, uh, just as you heard, when Noel uh, called me that day, he was back east. He had gone, they were gone about a week or so, uh, him and Cecil Pumphrey, if some of you might know, you know Cecil Pumphrey. And, um, he, he said that almost every stop they made ministering, some of the ministers throughout the country said, you know what, Noel, God didn't call you to be an evangelist. God called you to be a pastor. And, you know, there are herding sheep wandering because people, like you said, lost, left churches. And uh, he said, that need a shepherd, and I believe you're the one to go back. Well, after Noel hearing that for at least a week, he said, you know, I, I believe that's what God's calling me to do. So he called me up, and he was back east, and he said, Phyllis, I want you to uh, get in touch with John and Ruthann Karens. And there's my buddy Ruthann right there. <laughs> get in touch with John, John and Ruthann Karens. Uh, I know they're looking to make a change, um, but tell them not to do anything until I get back, because, honey, we're going to start a church. <laughs> We're going to start a church. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so anyway, I called John, and I told him what Noel has said. And um, when Noel got back, they got together, and they came over our home. My own sons might even remember this. I have two of my sons sitting here, and one probably watching from Sacramento. And um, I, 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 we sat, and we visited. John and Roseanne came over, and were sitting in my home. And Noel's telling him the vision that God gave him. And, um, you know, you have to know John Cairns. John Cairns didn't buy a, a, a coffee maker without checking everything, right? He, he checked every single uh, brand of coffee making, what was the best deal, what was the best right. So that was John. He didn't make decisions without praying and checking. And after we've talked, I don't know how long we sat there, Roseanne, and um, so Noel said, well, you know, John, you know, you pray, see, what, what, what is God saying to you about that, uh, coming aboard with us? And all of a sudden, John goes, I'm in, Noel. Hmm. Ruth Ann nearly fainted. <laughs> <laughs> is that the truth? I'm just, like I said, John didn't make any decisions quickly. And so we knew that um, there were some people that had just left 
uh, Melody Land like we had. And um, we just contacted them. They were good friends, the Chet and Millie Britt, who are sitting here, Peggy and Gus McCauley, who are here right now, and several other families that have moved on, and some not here with what meant to be with the Lord. You know, I just realized as you were, you were talking, this um, church called Melody Land, for many of us yeah. who grew up around here, that's like a totally normal name for a church. It's like, yeah, Melody Land. Oh, sure, Melody There Land. are probably a lot of people yeah. in here going, what kind of name for a church is Melody Land? Yeah. Anybody in that category? Yeah. Yeah. So let yeah. me just tell you, Melody Land was yeah. a historic building. It was a theater in the in round that was located, wait for it, right across the street from... Disneyland. So when this church was able to purchase the property, it made sense to keep the historic name and add to it Christian Center. Right. Now you can imagine years later, a high school was also out of this church called Melody Land High School. high school. There are some in the room that play right football for right. Melody Land That's Flames, right? right? right. Melody Land Flames. So we can talk about that later. Just wanted to get all of, oh, that, yeah, yeah, all yeah. of that out. Those That's are some, right. some terms yeah. and some things that might be familiar to us, but uh, who are, who've been around for a little while. And, and part of, I want to say this to you, part of, of telling you some of these things in this story is to bring you into the history. Yes. This is not just um, remembering a, a moment. This is our history. And so we want uh -huh. to bring you into the story. So right. sorry to cut you off. And one other thing, yes. I wanted to acknowledge Jay and Mark that are here, your sons. Oh. And, they're, and, and could you guys stand up so we could just acknowledge you? And um, <laughs> and, and Seth, and who is probably watching, watching online, and, and we acknowledge you too, Seth. Uh, take a stand for now. us, Seth. We're in your living room. <laughs> so anyways, sorry to cut you off okay. there. No, that's okay. Yeah. You know, we can... We could just do it like this. Anyway, so um, we uh, we had just contacted. I, Chet, you, Chet would remember more than anything about those board meetings in my house. Um, and you could ask Chet. I made I made snacks every night they came. Right? Chet makes fun of all the snacks I made because I don't cook. So. Um, Was there they, cheese whiz involved? Cheese whiz like yeah, well, yeah, well, kind of stuff like that. Yeah, okay. You know. <laughs> Uh, but that'll be good to tell you all that. Um, and, and they, but these men, I think there was a, what about six or eight men, something like that, and um, that met in the house once a week to go over the bylaws, what, what they were going to do about this church, because this group was on, the bo on board with us, and uh, we were going to start a church. And uh, we had no idea who, who would come, who didn't want to see us anymore. <laughs> but... Um, so after that six weeks, my, and my husband, after that period of time, my husband said, you know what, I really believe God wants us to start January 8th, the first Sunday of the month of the first of the year. And he said, I, he saw that in scripture somewhere. And I said, January 8th, our son is getting married January 7th. Um, I said, um, and there's about a thousand people we had invited, and we had to make a change also because we had all left Melody Land. So we had to make a last-minute change that will hold that, that many people because um, we weren't there any longer. And so we, we had to, I'll never forget, my husband was still back east, and um, I remember driving back from this church in Long Beach, just weeping, thinking, I have to be in a church my, my son's getting married. I don't even know this church. But you know what? God had a whole plan. Hmm. All the people showed up. It was just the one of you were only 10 years old. so you I wasn't invited. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but there were people sitting here that were there at that 
that night at that wedding, and my daughter-in-law sitting there with him. Um, and anyway, so um, he said, no, honey, that's when God said we're going to start, and that's when we're going to start. So, you know, that night of, of, of the ceremony, I remember clearly my husband said to my, to my son and daughter-in-law as he was performing their ceremony, he said, Mark, I have good news for you. Your mother's going to let you go on her, your honeymoon without her. <laughs> I remember when he said that, and of course, I, everybody laughed like you guys are doing. Well, anyway, we did decide that was the date we were going to start. Well, now we had to find a place. And we, like we, I said, we had no idea, right, Millie? We had no idea how many people were going to show up. So we just knew from other people that had, you know, contacted Millie, Roseanne, Chet, Peggy, and um, we, we had to be some people that were going to come. So we decided a hotel would be a good place. And we went from place to place, John and Roseanne, Noel and I, and, Chet, and Millie, because Millie was going to be the CE director. She was a big CE director at Melody Land with how many thousand kids that she took care of. And so we said, we can have to have Sunday school, you know, just everything available for people to come. And so we looked from one hotel to another, and nothing was consecutive. We couldn't have, like, every Sunday. But we found this place, Griswolds, off the 91 freeway in Raymond, and they said they can give us every Sunday, but except Mother's Day and Easter, because they have brunches there. And they said, well, that's fine. We'll find someplace else. Well, here comes the... The wedding that Saturday night, and everyone was excited. There was about a thousand people there, and um, the next morning was starting the church. So here we are coming into. Wait a minute. So you had a wedding on Saturday night. That's correct. And then a church service on Sunday morning. A first service. <laughs> first service. And so um, we we get we get over there at, at the service, and Ruthanne and I I will I don't think Ruthanne and I will ever forget this. We were sitting in the front row, and, you know, it was a banquet room, so there was a big mirror, you know, right in the front, you know, because you know how the banquet rooms yeah. are. And Ruthanne and I are sitting in the front row and looking at the mirror, and here come people. And Ruthanne and I are going, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Hmm. Oh, my gosh. This room held 500 people, and it was filled. First Sunday. And first Sunday. Wow. There were overflow. They said there was about 800 people there. We had a full Sunday school. We had music. Peggy took care of that with the music and, and Gus. I mean, and who starts a church like this? I don't know. I mean, you, I mean I thought, like, <laughs> it must have... This is all, only God. You know, this... you, we, I was thinking back because I really had such, I, I did grow up in this church. I, we came, my mom and I were talking about yeah. in the lobby. I was like 10 or 11. We were a little bit late to the party. I think we're still trying to figure <laughs> out where we, where we yeah. were supposed to land as a family. And um, I remember, though, I would see Pastor Noel walking around. It's, uh -huh. My memory, I had a couple of memories of being yeah. there, but being here. And, um, and he was just funny. And fun. And, and this is a funny story. Maybe it's only funny to me. But um, <laughs> Ben's older brother, Josh, and I used to hang out. And, and we were in the, at the same area around having donuts. And I remember Pastor John and Pastor Noel in their suits walked into the donut area. And it was like, Pastor on deck. Like, it was just like, I, didn't, I wasn't doing anything wrong. I wasn't doing anything wrong. But I felt like I was doing something wrong. So it was just like, like this. 
And, um, and Josh said something <laughs> funny to Pastor Noel, and Pastor Noel just cool and calmly said, Josh, is that your head or did your neck throw up? <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget that. that, that and I was like, pa- pastors get to say that? Like, yeah. I, so tell us, yeah. tell us uh, a little bit about Pastor Noel. What, I mean, we know he was obviously a man of faith. He's going to yes. hear God's word and, okay, so my son's getting married. We're still doing a church service. Yeah. Or um, he seemed to be incredibly obedient to the word of the Lord and have a good sense of humor. So, But oh, those yeah, are some things that I knew. But tell, me, tell us more about him. Well, he teased me all the time from the pulpit. I guess I'm easy to be teased. And, um, you know, I look around and I see all these young couples and that are here now that, uh, Jared, I look at you, and I, I mean, Barry Ann, I mean, you all met at probably Melanie High School and here at the church, and Chester and Ter- <laughs> I mean, it's, I just look around and see not just my, of course, Scotty and Linda, and I mean, everybody, but he loved all these people. Hmm. I mean, he loved you guys, I can't tell you. And I want you to know before anything else we say that you knew people that came here are part of this family. Mm. You're not just new to the church. You're part of the family. This was the spirit, because that was Noel's heart. Noel loved the people. Mm. I remember after he went home to be with the Lord, I was walking along the side of the building here. It was just a few weeks after, and I remember saying, looking up at the heaven, and I said, oh God, Love, no love this church. No love these people. And he, I, he loved being here. He loved all of this. And like I heard a still small voice in my head saying, but he loves where he is now even wow. more. Awesome. And I thought, oh, yeah. he was the kind of guy that he never kept secret his illness. I know some of you that know him knew him from the time he got on the pulpit. He told every week his report, what the doctors say. And he would say, you know what? This is what the word of God says, and this is what the doctor's report says. What am I going to listen to? Mm-hmm. And he was so open that if God wants to take him home, that's okay. Yeah. He used to say, honey, heaven's not so bad. <laughs> you know? Uh, you know but, but he had that sense of humor. He was part of everything. The home groups. He would, we would visit every month a different group. He just he just loved to be with the people, and he loved missions. Yeah. That was the big thing yeah. about. It. And you know, I, I'm not to lift up our beautiful pastor here. I love him so much, but he has the same vision. You know, you came from mission all those years. You were in mission mm-hmm. work, and um, I, it just blesses my heart to see his vision is st- still going on 40 years. When you think of the span of the yeah. You mentioned that um, after leaving uh, Melody Land, which must have been a really difficult decision, yeah. and now he's um, traveling as an evangelist, and the Lord continued to speak to him through people that he was a pastor, not an evangelist. Is that kind of... That's a, correct. Yeah. Exactly. What would be the difference in your mind between the two? Like, what... Maybe even I'm not asking like theologically. I think we we know, but like in those days, what was an evangelist like versus a pastor? You know. Well, of course, they weren't settled in one place all the time. Mm. Yeah, and uh, they were a little loud, (laughs) (laughs) including Noel Weiss. I remember one time he said, "Why am I yelling?" (laughs) While he was preaching. But you know what? But a pastor has the pastor's heart. 
that mm. loves the people that God's brought into his field. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's what the difference is. And you started talking about that very first church service. I've heard that story. In fact, I tell that story um, when we do our history and values class for new members. And um, I know you told the story of like, okay, so you're in there. And the way I remember hearing it is like nobody wanted to look back to yeah. see who was coming, right? <laughs> well, that must have just been so... We were just looking through the mirror, Ruthann and I, just like bewildered. Where did these people come from? Yeah. But they were all people that we had known pretty much that were scattered, that had been at Melody Land and were yeah. scattered all over. They were different churches because they had left. And um, I know Millie, I remember Millie telling many times there are certain people, and I think it was the Plaz that said, is it true no is starting a church? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I think that speaks to, um, and the Proverbs even talk about it, like a good name is to be taken over riches and honor. Mm. You know, and, and when somebody has a, a good name, it's because they've been faithful. And I know mm-hmm. um, Pastor John and Pastor Noel had mm-hmm. good names. Yes. And so when, when there's a wandering and lost sheep, they're thinking, where can I, where's a trusted yeah. place to grow? Where's yeah. a trusted place to learn? And so there, there's a season of meeting at this hotel banquet room. And obviously, like, the church is growing. The way I remember the story is the first Sunday he announced that you were going yeah. to two services. And, right. um, and somehow you go from a rented banquet hall in Fullerton to 710 South yeah. Cambridge. Can I, you tell us a little bit about how we got here? That was a miracle. You know, I, 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 I just was th- I thought about it when I saw the new members today coming up. You know how we had our first new membership? Chet, you guys will remember. We just had everybody stand up. Who wants to be a member? Yes. <laughs> I mean, That's pretty accessible. Stand up if you want to be, you're you a, member. You're be a, a member. member. You're going to be a member. You're going to be a member. Because we, you know, we had to make decisions right legally once we, we were a, a legal church. And so we, so had we to, are legal. We were, yeah, we're legal. Okay, cool. 40 years we're, of legal 40 church. 40 years of legal. But you could ask Chet any of those questions because <laughs> he, he remembers all that stuff. Um, but anyway, yeah, um, so we, that's how we had uh, the um, people, I, what was your question? Oh, the question was how, how we came, came from, from Fullerton to, to oh, Orange. Yeah. So, yeah, so, and so we knew now, okay, we have a, a lot of people. We need to have a facility. I, you have to correct me, Chick, I'm older than you and I don't remember. <laughs> um, but so anyway, they started looking for a facility and Peggy can probably tell you the exact story of how it happened. With Gus met somebody that had a piece of property, and they talked about this piece of property, and uh, I guess we, they went to. The, and I remember somebody had said to Noel, "You know what, Noel? I see a vision of, of a, a building with arches." <laughs> now, if you walk out of the front of the building, what do you see? Arches, and we, if they walked up, and there's arches. Well, anyway, that's how this. Do you know building, those arches are historically protected in the city of Orange? I will tell you that because we Are were going to make kidding? some changes to those arches. And, the, the, and until you just said that, I'm like, I didn't know. The, the city of Orange said, nope, we like those arches. They need to Is stay. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my so gosh. You I'm love those arches, too. No, from now on. Those stay. are now historically protected arches. Yeah. So they, and, and anyway, the process, like I said, of all that um, coming together. Don't forget, I was, uh, what do I know about business? And you know what? Hmm. One thing about Noel, he's, he was not a businessman. And he said, I, I trust God to send godly men yeah. that will be the deacons of this church. They will run the business of the church. I don't want to know what anybody gives to this church. He said, because I'm just a man. Mm. 
And I'm a man of, I can move with, in the flesh. He said, I don't want to be able to be nice to somebody because they give a lot of money and mm -hmm. maybe kind of push somebody because I know they don't. They don't. Yeah. He said, I don't want to know who gives anything. And, um, and the board was a godly board and Noel trusted them. Yeah. He, you run the church, he says, and I'll minister to the people. So it seems like he was a good leader and he was able to delegate to the trusted business people, find us a place. God was speaking. There were prophetic words. Right. And somehow, not somehow, but through the really the leading of the Holy Spirit, Gus meets somebody who says, hey, there's this piece of property. Now, it's really interesting about the piece of property yeah. that God, God has purpose in all of it. Yes. That this uh, piece of property was built by the Baptist Church mm -hmm. many years before, and it had rose into a, a very large mm -hmm. uh, ministry. And there are actually some people that are here today right. that were a part of that, that church, church. Uh, called Berean Baptist Church. Right. I know uh, Robin and the Keys, you guys here. And, and so it's amazing how God brings people back together. But, but within that story, so this, this was built, I think even, well, I don't want to get into Sometimes I tell stories that I think are true that aren't true, so I'm not <laughs> going to say it on camera. But, um, but this, this particular um, building um, was a flourishing ministry. There was some financial difficulties. The, the building was no longer under the ownership of the church. And then a, a cult group came yeah. and got the, the it was a, not, not the, um, it was a Unitarian cult. Right. I, it was some polytheistic um, belief system to where there were literally in some of the rooms different false deities that were painted on walls and things. I mean, it's just gross, right? So I just want you to imagine for a moment that you're part of the founding leadership of the church. You still have a house in the community and you drive by Cambridge every day and you see that there's uh, a cult group that's in, that's occupying the place mm -hmm. where you know you built and mm -hmm. you saw flourishing as a, a, a Bible teaching, Bible believing place. And so for a number of years, that was the case. That's right. Now, I always tell people, I just said this to um, a friend just the other day, that if you were to look close at every doorway on this facility, there is embedded behind the paint deep oil of people walking up and putting a cross over that saying, this place belongs to Jesus. We don't want any <laughs> cult groups here, right? And so there was prayer that, that just deeply... Um, you know, purging all the evil out of this place, but really, I think more importantly, proclaiming truth. And year, many years later, I, I met the widow of the, um, the pastor who had, had pastored this church before the Unity, Unitarian uh -huh. cult, or whichever, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know the actual name of the cult, I don't think it really matters, yeah. but um, she, she said it did her heart such good to know that even though we were a different denomination, uh -huh. she visited a church service here and she was a little uncomfortable with, um, I think there was some dancing or something happened, oh. and she didn't like that. But, but what she was very happy is that the word of God was being preached. Yeah. And so every time she drove by seeing that, and I say all this to say, God had a plan. Yes. Not only for, um, he had a plan for a vision for a church, he had a plan and a purpose to place that church in a specific location mm -hmm. in a city. And as we come to 40 years, these are the that's things that we really want to we, we yeah. remember and, and hold on to. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know, that's just amazing Yeah, to me. it is. And when you think about it, this church was in terrible shape when yeah. we got here. I think someone said there was a wet bar somewhere in located in the... No, yeah, yeah like, literally, not, not, not that you guys did it, but, um, <laughs> yeah, like, the, 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 the cult group had put in, like, a little nightclub vibe in the... There was a swimming pool. There was a swimming pool, tennis courts. There was a swimming pool here. We filled that in. Yeah. But, you know, you know what, the people... Uh, committed to support 
Yeah. The, the, the purchase of this building. I mean, we were a new church. What were we about a year old, a year and a half when I think when we moved in? And um, that's wild. And the people support, you know, because we had to go to a bank. Okay, you're a year old. What, what can you show us? You know, about, so what was it? Two million. That the church was, I think, checked. Hmm. Two million. And um, so we had we had this big thing plus all this renovation. But you know what? We the people of the church yeah. came. And, and fix this whole place up. I mean, now we've had the second renovation, which we didn't have before, a beautiful lobby. That used to be the entrance right there. And um, so it, it was just God. Only yeah. God could have done this. Uh, Millie, you know, nobody says no to Millie when she says, who comes to work? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Volunteer, Millie calls you, you don't say no. <laughs> so we had all kinds of volunteers in those years, right, Millie? Just, just helping everything. You see and we've that. got a church. I, we got a church. Yeah. You see that, like, you know, it's interesting as you do these kinds of things where you reflect back on what's in the DNA of a place. Mm -hmm. And even though there are new um, members of our church family who don't know anything about Melody Land, don't know anything right. about some of the names that you're mentioning, but the same um, <laughs> culture that God breathed into this place through your husband, through Pastor John, of generosity, hospitality, mm -hmm. um, uh, the friendliness, the love that, mm -hmm. um, as you explained, his pastor's heart, loving people, and the fact that um, people would not only do those things, but then commit to just giving and, and seeing it continue to yeah, go I, on. That, it was awesome. just a move of God. I, that, I mean, yeah. you, you, nobody could take credit for that, mm -hmm. really. It wasn't Noel Weiss, John Karens, or any of us, or the board. It was just God. Just, he had a plan. And you, you know what, Danny, what I love so much what I see here now, that's the spirit of Danny. He's a pastor. He's got a pastor's heart, and he loves missions. But what I see so beautifully here, that just blesses me. I sit here every Sunday morning, and I look around, and I see Scotty and Linda. They were kids. I mean, right, you were kids. Uh, 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 ben in Charm. Ben's leading worship. The generations, of, I don't want to miss anybody but of the generations that have started from our children that are ministering here. Your, your kids are ministering on, in music. Your yeah. son is on a mission trip now that plays drums, doing drums on a mission trip. Your daughter takes here. I, I look at um, Linda and May, now Linda Roth, excuse me. I remembered her when she was a little girl, Linda May. And her husband and her, her daughter are ministering up here. Yeah. And um, uh, your, your nephew and niece. Yeah, Joel and Abby. Je, Je, yeah, Joel and I mean, Jarrett, those are your kids still ministering here for us. And here us as grandparents yeah. see these kids. And now a great-grandkids. My, my great-grandbaby's in the nursery. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's, it's just, bless me, I don't want to miss anybody's names. I look around and I'm trying to see everybody. That's that, okay, they'll let you know if you did. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I can't tell you how that blesses me to see the generations coming and, and, and ministering here, godly young men and women, yeah. and now all the new young men and women. I, I look at, with, where is your husband? Where is Joe? Oh, there he is. You know, Jared always says Joel, and I, we think we're grandma and granddaughter. <laughs> I love that boy. 
He's come from a hard background, and he's here ministering, he and his wife. That's, this is his niece and nephew. <laughs> you guys get all that? <laughs> you get all that, yes. And there's Barry Ann and, and Jared. Yeah. And you know, I look around and I see the new people, like Crosby, I look at you. And where's Andy? I gotta see Andy. And how he ministers He's on here. Kid Patrol right now, oh, isn't he? Oh, yeah. yeah. But you know, I, I don't wanna miss any, well, well there's uh, Natalie. And, and Samantha, you and your husband, Jim. I just look and then I see, I, I'm blessed. I can't tell you I'm blessed. These little kids, they come up to me and they kiss me. They, their kids kiss me. Yeah. They're like my great-grandkids. And, um, but mm -hmm. this is, the, I just want to get across, this is what the family of God is. Amen. This is the family of God. And all you new people are part of this family. That's right. I want, to, I want them to know that, Danny. Yeah. And you have, you have the same heart. That Noel did. You had the same heart. When you think of it, Noel was almost 48 and he was 10. Amen. That's the span of 40 years and what God has done. Amen. Amen. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I, I want to ask just like one last question and, um, and then I want to call us to something in response to our 40 years of um, mm -hmm. just our 40th anniversary, how we can respond to that. But what would you say was Noel's vision for this place? If you could kind of like sum it up in, in your words, in your thoughts. Um. He just wanted to win no, a souls for Christ. Mm -hmm. He just wanted to win people for Jesus. You know, we, I don't, I'm, no, most of you probably do know, but Noel and I both come from a Jewish background. And people say, well, you're not Jewish anymore. Of course we're Jewish. You can't change being Jewish. You're Jewish. And so um, we want to see, when we, first, when we first gave our hearts to Jesus, it was over 64 years ago, there were hardly any other believers, Jewish believers that we met. And so Noah was invited, of course, to speak to a lot of places because being a Jew that, that loves Jesus. And you know, I, it's just, it, that's what his vision was, to win people for Jesus. And he loved missions. Always, he used to say, the last thing he said, just a few weeks before he passed away, they had a big business meeting here at the, you know, we had a once a year business meeting that we used to meet in the fellowship center. And he was, it was about three, four weeks before he passed. And um, he couldn't attend because he was so, so ill. And he said, um, sent a letter to the church to, for the board to read. And one of the things he said in the letter, pay off the church and give to missions. Hmm. That was his heart. Yeah. And wow. that's what we did. We paid off the church. Uh-huh. And, and continued to give to missions. Yeah. And then we paid off the church. Again. Again. So cool. <laughs> I think it is a story of um, your faithfulness, but ultimately a story of God's faithfulness to see his hand on a place. Yes. And, um, and I, um, I wish I, I could have known Noel better. Mm -hmm. um, I respected him tremendously, mm -hmm. and I remember listening to him preach, and I remember being moved um, with the things that he said, and I remember it always was evangelistic. It always mm -hmm. had an opportunity to respond to the gospel. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and Part of, some, part of what I remember hearing in, 
in some of the things that were spoken about the original vision of the church was to be a place for lost people, mm-hmm. for those that were hurting, those that were yeah. um, maybe hurting from an, a, a wound from the church or just broken and feeling like there was nowhere to go where you could be accepted and loved in a family setting. And that's what you all do so well. If there's any um, feedback that we often hear from people is that, it, that, that when people come, they feel like truly welcomed mm-hmm. and truly loved. And I want to commend you yes. in that. And um, you're, you're fulfilling that vision. That wasn't Noel's vision. It was God placed something in a man's heart to start something that would still continue today. And that's what, what we remember today. Um, we have, thanks to Lee Sweeney, who's one of our resident historians, and there are some, some others as well that have kept um, clippings of photos, and, and this one's actually an audio clip. And so I wanted to play this. It's about three minutes long. I think there's a, a photograph of Pastor Noel when, when he was uh, in his early years of ministry, I think, at the mission. Um, if you want to know a lot more about this story, I, I encourage you to check out Phyllis's podcast because she tells it in great detail. But this is a, a sermon, I think it's from 1986, and we had been in this, we had been in this um, facility, and he was casting vision for this place, this facility, and, um, and I'll, I'll let you listen to it, but I really want you to pay attention to some of the things that he says about how people are to be treated when they come through these doors. Yeah, if yeah. we can um, play that, that would be great. For he that cometh unto God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. When we get the carpets and the new carpets in this place, it isn't just so it's so pretty. We don't want anybody else to come in and dirty our carpets. I hope they're filled with tears in the next years. I hope we have to clean them all the time because people are sniveling and crying all over our carpets. I hope that they stamp out their cigarettes and their drugs all on our carpets. Oh, we have a good carpet cleaner in our church. Don't worry about it, folks. I hope they come in here when they stink and they're filthy and they're dirty, but they know there's a church in somewhere in the city of Orange where they can weep on the carpets. Would you please help me fulfill my vision? Because I can't do it by myself. It's utterly impossible. We'll tell you more about it when you come back in a few more weeks. How we're going to fill these altars with people just weeping. Because the church will pray. The church will bathe this place in prayer every day. Seven days a week. We're not asking you to come ten hours a day. We're not asking you like... Pastor Cho in Korea says that you've got to go three days and pray and fast. We're not going to ask you for that. We're not even asking that there's 24 hours a day in prayer. We're not asking for that. Could you not tarry just one hour? That's all I'm going to ask for. I'm not even asking for too much. If you're really sincere and you believe what you say you believe, I don't see how anybody can tell me no. But it's between you and God anyway. You're not going to get letters and I'm not going to bug you. Maybe I should. I probably will bug you a little bit. Yeah. Let's pray. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. But thank God every man has been dealt a measure of faith. The scripture says every man has been dealt a measure of faith. There's not a person alive that doesn't have the potential to release faith. 
and you've given us the ability to receive Jesus Christ and then that faith becomes active it becomes alive I pray especially for our young people in this church Lord that there's an explosion that we're gonna send a shockwave into the very portals of hell when this church prays fervently and Lord we're gonna see the glory of God manifested we've tasted and see already that you are good we've had tastes already Lord many of us if not all of us but oh there's so much more yet that you would like to do through a praying church fervent that will stay on their knees that will beg God and weep like the sister said weep for souls father you help us give us favor in this area we pray in the next weeks give us the plan you want this church to do no it's for some very emotional to hear that that voice Um, for others hope it's really inspirational to hear um, God speak through somebody and I asked Phyllis I said what was some of Noel's favorite portions of scripture Mm -hmm. and just without skipping a beat she said Romans 8 and so I I wanted to read just a a couple of sections of I'm not going to read the whole chapter but just as I read through it there were a few parts that I wanted to read just publicly and I wanted you to maybe just hear it with the with your heart and and hear it in context to the call that's been made and the vision that's been cast. Because I think that Pastor Noel and you, Phyllis, had said it even of your own testimony. When you had accepted Jesus, you knew that you had received um, a whole brand new life. Yeah. And when you when you've received the good news, you can't help but share it. Here's what it says in Romans chapter 8. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the Mm -hmm. flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. In fact, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also Give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Now this part, verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, 
but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised and who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who then shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Christ Jesus, Jesus, our Lord. Amen. 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 Great scripture. In response to, um, to this 40th anniversary, you know, and we, in our logo, it says, you know, 40, celebrating 40 years of God's faithfulness. Mm -hmm. I just want to pick up where Pastor, John, Pastor Noel, excuse me, left off in that sermon where he said, you know, help us fulfill this vision. How can we do it? And he said, we're going to do it because we're a praying church and you are a praying church. But I want to call us to 40 days of prayer in response to 40 years of God's faithfulness and um, 40 days of one hour prayer. That's what he said. One, I'm just going to ask you for one hour. I love it how he started calling people out. I'm not going to ask you like Pastor Cho does and doesn't Korea or this guy over here. Not 24 hours, just one hour. You know, one hour is a significant chunk of your time, and time is precious, isn't it? And so it's going to require us to think a little differently for the next 40 days. Mm. And this is, by the way, an invitation. This is not um, a a sign-up, you know. You don't have to, like, sign on the dotted line as you leave. This is an invitation. And um, and so the 40 days for for one hour is going to require us to adjust our schedules, maybe. Maybe we get up a little earlier, we stay up a little later. Mm And we want to create for you sort of a framework of how to do it. Because for some of you, you might think an hour in prayer, that's a long time. For others of you, you're like, is that all you're asking? I'm okay, let's do two. That that hour, um, first and foremost, is to spend time with Jesus. Excuse me, I think we have a slide. If we could put that first one up. I just wanted to walk through it real quick. These are the prayer times that we're going to, if you want to pray together or, um, or just pray in the sanctuary. Um, we have these times open here in the sanctuary, not this coming Monday because it's a holiday, but, but starting on Tuesday, we're going to open the sanctuary from 4 to 8 p.m. Then on Wednesday, you can see it'll be during the daytime, 11 to 1. Um, Thursday, 4 to 8. Fridays, we have our prayer groups for men and women. And then Sunday, you see we, our prayer group in room 117. Now, now, these are opportunities, again, if you like, man, I, I just love to pray in the sanctuary. By the way, you can pray in here anytime. Right, you know that that you just let us know. We'll open it for you. You can pray here anytime. But these will be times specifically designated where we'll have the room set. We'll have some scripture on the screen and just a quiet place for you to seek the Lord. Um, we also have uh, seven. You know, 40, forty days works out to like six weeks. And so, if you can get the next slide, um, each week we'll give you kind of a, a, a focus in in prayer. And you can take a picture of that if you want, or we'll send it out on social media, a, a, a kind of a graphic with this. But since we're in the Gospel of John, we want to start by our time of prayer by just being with Jesus, you know, and realizing that he makes these seven I am statements. And he says that I'm the bread of life, 
you know, and, and so to spend a little time thinking about what it means for him to be the bread of life, the one who satisfies everything that we need. And, and the hope is that our prayer time will be for, for us to spend time with Jesus, just to be still and know that he's God, but that our prayer will turn towards outward. It'll turn towards the community that's around us, to the, um, our, our city, our, our state, our nation, and our world. And so there's time for us to do that within an hour. So each week we'll, we'll take a little different focus. Now, if you don't want to do any of this, that's totally fine. You can just sit and pray for an hour however you want. And we call that freestyle prayer. You know, freestyle, choop, 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 just whatever. But, um, but we thought this would be some, some ways to, to help you. How does that sound to you? Do you think you could pray for 40 days for an hour? Yeah, that, that invitation is awesome. Yeah. One of the things we'd like for you to do in your times of prayer as you, you set that aside is um, maybe keep a little journal or notes on your, your notes on your phone or something that if there's something that you sense God speaking, um, anything that, that you're encouraged by, keep track of it so that we can dialogue together mm-hmm. about that and, and just share how the Spirit leads us in this unique 40 days um, responding to his 40 years of faithfulness. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, I'd like to ask our worship team to come back up, and I want you to sit here the whole time while they're singing. Just like, you know, I'm just kidding. Do you remember? Though I remember oh. they all used to sit up here when, when I was growing oh, up in the church. Right. They all would sit up here when people sang. That's right. Yeah, that's so right. I thought that would be cool if we could. I once sang with the uh, carolers. <laughs> How'd that go? Ask Peggy. She's one of the carolers. <laughs> They even had a costume for me to put on. Because I said I want to sing with them. Yeah. <laughs> so no, this has been wonderful. It has. Thank you so much, Phyllis. Yeah. Thank you for sharing Thank with you. us. Thank you. So glad. Yeah. yeah. I, just... <laughs> I, know, I know that that's been our heart is to honor um, the vision that, that God placed on Noel's heart, but really to honor you, to honor oh, Noel, John, and Ruth Ann, yeah. so many others that have said yes to him and we're here because of it so we really do from our hearts thank you for your obedience thank you you everyone for being here i just really do say when i say i love you i love you i think you will know that i love all of you and i'm so glad i have a couple of my grandchildren here yeah uh, it's a blessing i just i'm so blessed thank you thank you for loving me and taking care of me in my old age Can we all stand? I know we've gone over time a little bit, but um, as as we, yeah, absolutely. Love you you so much. Thank you. Um, As we we kind of wrap up our our time, um, I just think of that last call that Pastor Noel made about, you know, the carpets and, and, um, and if you listen to that, and we have that whole, it's like 30 minutes if you wanted to check it out. We have it on our YouTube, but it goes into more detail in there about you know, these altars that would be filled with people that are hurting and that need anything. And, you know, this morning, I know we have uh, cake and charcuterie and whatever else. That's a funny word to me. It's French, charcuterie. It just means cheese and lots of little crackers and stuff. But, um, but that'll be there. And I know you've sat for a while. But if we're talking about the original vision, a place where people can be comforted, a place where, um, like, the lost sheep can be cared for, I just want you to know if there's anything you're going through, if there's any kind of discouragement, if, if there's any questions in your heart and in your mind about even what it means to follow Jesus, that um, you're not only welcome to come through the doors and you're not only welcome by hugs, like you're welcome to hear, you're welcome to make a mess of the place if you feel like you're a messy person. That's what it's for. 
That was one of the things when we renovated it. We didn't want it to be so nice that you didn't feel like you couldn't touch anything. This is your place. And it's designated for one thing and one thing alone, to honor Jesus and to get into his presence and to respond to it. And so as they lead us in a song of worship, if you have any needs, please feel free to come to the altar. We'd love to pray with you. And, um, and after the song is over, I'll, I'll dismiss us. Lord, we thank you, God, for a time to remember. Lord, we thank you for the vision that you place so clearly in a pastor's heart in his obedience to gather his friends together and in a cultural moment, create a, a church that's still here 40 years later. God, and in, in, in knowing that people needed to be cared for and that same vision and that same call is a reality for us today. There are people in this cultural moment that need to be cared for, that are confused about the craziness that's happening around them. Their, their hearts long for the comfort of the Holy Spirit that we read about in Romans 8, that acceptance that we have of your love, but also salvation that comes because of what you did for us, Jesus. So may we be a place that is a lighthouse in the city of Orange with really dirty carpet, carpet that is dirty and stained because people are here who have needs. And just as Pastor Noel said, we have a really good carpet cleaner as well. And he's right here on staff with us and loves to clean the carpet, so you don't need to worry about anything. God, we honor you. Let's sing this song of worship together. And again, you're welcome to come for prayer if you'd like or, or um, reach out to somebody who's near you if you don't want to come to the front. But let's sing to the Lord one last song.
who you are. You're the giver of life and the sustainer of life. Jesus, you're our salvation and our hope. God, we honor you together and we thank you for this time to remember. God, we pray that you would go with us, Lord, that you would put within us the vision that you have for us in this moment. We thank you, we praise you, we honor you together in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. 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 Before I dismiss you, um, just remember that tonight we're going to gather back at 6 o'clock. We'd love to have you come and worship with us and enjoy fellowship together. We'll stick around here a little bit if anyone would want prayer too. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.
God, I love your voice. 